Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. The Jericho Network on Westwood One. Xbox one two three sixty. A new day is dawning for DX. And now your hosts, Sean Xbox Wolfman. Welcome to Xbox one two three sixty, everyone. All right, we're we're back. Yeah. Another week. And uh, um, a few things in the news this week, or we'll get to elimination chamber. Uh, Raw, you know, Raw and SmackDown had some pretty cool things mm-hmm. on it. Um, and DX is going into the Hall of Fame. I mean, there's that. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess you're going to be in New York that weekend. Yeah. I was wondering yeah. how you were going to like say it. I was like, okay, slowly getting into it. I was like, what? <laughs> so humble. Yeah. Um, yeah, no. Um all right. How Pretty do you cool. feel about it? You know, yeah. like, you know, the moment has finally come. I think what we're dying to know is all the details. How did you find out? Who was the first person you told? What was your reaction? That sort of thing. Well, um, so anyways, you know, I was telling you all, I, I don't know how much I, I can't remember how much I shared, you know, on the show, but, you know, I think I kind of at least off air mentioned to you guys, you know, uh, they asked me to resign, mm-hmm. you know, the legends deal and I wasn't hundred percent sure. And, you know, um, w- kind of made me assume maybe it was just because of, you know, everything going on with AEW never really, you know, uh, connected it to maybe uh, it's going to be a hall of fame thing. Cause honestly, um, you know, a lot of people out there have actively campaigned for their own induction into the Hall of Fame, and you know, and nothing wrong with that. And you've never done that, though. Never, because yeah. I, you know, anytime anyone's ever asked me, like, I just, I can just think of so many people, you know, um, that are that should go into the Hall of Fame, that you know, from from generations past that haven't gone in yet, you know, and. Um, you know, it's important. Like for me, it's important to see a lot of the, to see those people go in while they're still around to you know enjoy the in- induction. Mm. So, uh, so like I just always felt it was you know it would have been kind of, and it's just not me. You know, it's just not how I I operate. You know, hey, do this for me. You know, what about me? Me, me, me. What about you know? So. Um, um, yeah, I got a call. I, I got a text from, from Mark Carano. I think people know who Mark is. I've seen him on Total Divas and other shows. Uh, he's the head of talent relations. And it was just, you know, hey, can we talk? And I just assumed it was about the, you know, the deal, the, you know, signing my contract. Because I had, you know, I had the FedEx package and the contract sitting on my table. And finally he called, and he was like, eh, just talk to Paul, and, you know, WrestleMania is going to be 
you know, I can't remember the words exactly how he said it. And then he went, you're going in the Hall of Fame. <laughs> and I just about shit, you know, <laughs> and I just, I don't even, you know, um, and then he explained what DX and, you know, everyone's going in, Jody included. And, um, uh, I, you know. And you mentioned it's not that I don't feel worthy because I, I do understand, you know, the things I've done in the industry and like in my career and all that, but I'm just blown away by all of it. You know. Um and I was on TMZ yesterday and and I mentioned uh, I mentioned I think I I think I said this. Uh I definitely feel this when thought this, you know, up until this point was you know, I mean, I've done things in my career, you know, accomplishments and and that, you know, and DX, NWO, the end and the click, all of that. And you, you go, okay, you know, eventually, like, that will happen, but I wasn't sure I would still be around for it, to be honest with you, you know, because um, not everyone's going to make it up to that stage. Um, so, yeah. Uh, I'm just grateful. You really you know? persevered, and and yeah. you've already said, you know, the fact that you're going in with the people that you had the most fun with in your career. Yeah, and that okay. That means yeah, a lot. thank you for reminding me that because you know, um, there were people, and 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 you know, as far as Joni's concerned, you know, there's a lot of people that aren't satisfied with this, and because obviously, and I, and you know, you guys. I'm pretty sure you just watched the TMZ interview yeah, I did, you sure. know, and, you know, obviously she is worthy of going in by herself, you know, and, uh, and a lot of people like this wasn't good enough. And I just, I would encourage them to, to take the win. Like, you know, sometimes, you know, the, a win doesn't always come exactly how you want it to, but it's a win nonetheless, you know, and anyone that doesn't think so, I just, I don't even know what to tell them. And also to be fair, you know? every one of you is probably yeah. going to go in individually, but as a I, faction, DX, I mean, it's yeah, Here's the thing about that, Johnny, you know, um, yeah, it's great. You go in separately, uh, you know, should go in on your own. I could give two shits sure. about going in on my own. I if if you ask me what my choice is, go in my own or go in with, like I said, more than once, the people that I had the greatest time of my life with. Um, I'm gonna pick going in with them every single time you ask me. But it is a nice thing, though, that the fans do see that, you know, in yourself and China and all of that, because it, it's a nice thing to be recognized also, you know, by the fans and for them to say that. That's pretty cool, too, you know? Absolutely. And 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 like I, and I put a tweet out about this. I, I And I'm grateful for the sentiment, okay? But the, the whole name, there's only so many slots every year, mm -hmm. okay? And there's so many deserving people as i've talked about like when we just started this conversation um uh, and and oh my god like can we just enjoy and accept you know the win it's a win for for joni she's going to be enshrined in the hall of fame and 
you know, uh, uh, forever, forever. They can never take that away from her, and she deserves it. And uh, yeah, like I said, and even you know, I mean, their families. I, I her family's extremely excited too, you know. And I don't talk to her mother. I haven't talked to her mother. I'm happy that she's happy about this. I did talk to her sister. Talked to Joni's sister yesterday for quite a quite a long time, and I hadn't talked to her in many, many, many years. Like I mean, since. Um, since Joni and I were together, mm. uh, it was the last time I talked to her sister Kathy. So, and uh, <clears throat> anyways, okay, yeah. Well, people are excited. We're proud of you, and you know, just by the reaction that people have given online, you guys going in together, it's it's incredible, and you guys are going to give an amazing speech, and people are really excited for the Hall of Fame. So. Congratulations. Yeah. Has this, like, ever since hearing the phone call and had, kind of hearing your name and Hall of Famer in the same sentence, has that kind of made you go back and sort of reflect on your career and see different things? Like, how, like have you envisioned yourself already up on that podium, saying your speech, all of that? Yeah. Yes, because uh, you don't, you don't want to forget to thank all the people that, you know, are, that helped you get where you are. And there's there's so many, because no one does this on their own. No matter, you know, no matter what. Like I mean, there, if you if you've been successful, somebody has helped you along the way. You know, um, so yeah. And I'm just, what was I saying? Basically, you were talking about how um, how you were sort of reflecting back on your career and how can you yeah, not yeah, you don't yeah. want to forget anybody. Yeah, but no, you, I just. Thinking about DX, thinking about all the things that everyone got to see, mm-hmm. and all the things that they didn't get to see that were amazing that we did, and, you know, all the fun we had that went along with it, uh, all the just the interaction with the people, the the amazing people that you know that we encountered along the way, uh, just and you know. Uh, and individually, all the people, like individually, I love every single one of the people that uh, that I was in DX with. Yeah. And I, I can speak for my generation, a generation of people who grew up, you know, watching DX every yeah. Monday night. Like, I'm sure you know this by now, but people would have like high school watch parties and college watch parties to watch Raw to yeah. see what DX was going to do. This generation, I can't even tell you how all the memories yeah. are flooding back now. And they're mm-hmm. going to make sure they watch the Hall of Fame. And God, you should be just so proud of that because you really, you guys really affected it, a generation of fans in such a positive way. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Depend not positive. I, I mean, depending on how you look at it, really. Yeah. I mean, all the, like all the parents of the, of the children that my kids went to school with, when I would drop them off, there weren't positive looks they were shooting at I me. Mean, depending on the age, sure. So. Well, and a lot of people were tweeting at you or spawning at you. How did that feel? Were there any surprises? Uh, any yeah. any interesting stuff that occurred through there? Um, well, yeah. Well, there was a lot just I mean from from, you know, all different directions. I I, I when they asked me on TMZ, I was on TMZ yesterday. Uh, they asked me, you know, "Hey, like who reached out to you?" And they were asking me about famous people reaching out or 
you know, and they were asking me to name a few, and I was like, I drove, I, I couldn't think of like, I mean, there are people, but like, I'm like, I, you're gonna have to go look at my Twitter feed. I can't even like. There's so you many. Know. Johnny has well, a good one. We got one tweet from Michael P.S. Hayes saying, "So glad that all of DX is going into the Hall of Fame. They deserve it. Long overdue. Hope I don't give X-Pac a receipt and cut his <laughs> hair during his Hall of Fame speech. Nah, I would never do that. Would I? Hmm. Yeah." That's a that's a receipt a long time coming if he ever gets it. <laughs> so I'm a, I mean just um, and I'm grateful. Uh, like I get along whenever I see Michael now. Like we all, we get along good. We joke. We laugh. Uh, you know. But I do know that eventually I'm gonna have my guard down and I'm gonna. I'm gonna get. You, you still have long hair. Yeah, so. so I mean, what's left of it? I still got a little bit. Um, but so, but I don't know. Might have been about a year ago. There was, I think it was SmackDown tapings and uh, at the Staples Center, and it was before the show. They hadn't let the people in yet. They were still kind of going through production stuff, and I was on the ramp talking to Road Dog. And I was just shooting the shit, and all of a sudden, you know, whap, I feel somebody grab back my ponytail, and oh. I turn around, and it's Michael Hayes. And he's like, gotcha. And good thing you didn't have a pair of scissors, because I think I would have lost my ponytail. Yep. Yeah. So thank you, Michael, for the warning. Free bird rules. Um, and I probably won't be wearing my hair in a ponytail. Uh, during my induction speech, I might even wear a hat. <laughs> or at least bun it up or something. you got to make sure you protect yeah. yourself. And you did yeah. say on Twitter that you had it on good authority that you weren't going to be having a long speech. Are you, like, at all, like, worried that anyone's going to be like, Sean, you said this after the Hall of Fame. You weren't going to be talking for a long time if you ever got inducted. Like, are you going to time it or how are you going to feel about that? I'll just – I'll have somebody, like, you know, pull me off stage if I talk too long. So – uh yeah, no. Um, I do know that it's going to be a, a much a much more pleasurable ex- viewing experience for people that that are there, you know. Because obviously, I don't think I'm speaking out of school or like you know when I say that some of the induction speeches um, have just gone on ridiculously long in the past and like can at times sucked the oxygen out of the whole goddamn venue. I mean, just last year, by the time Goldberg got to talk, everyone was exhausted. Yeah, and, like, half the people were gone. And, like, look, so I think it's going to be structured a little bit different. I'll just say that because I can't speak for W. I'm not speaking for WWE at all. Like, I'm just saying what was told to me. There you go. Awesome. Awesome. Well, do you, uh, I wanted to ask you one more thing about this. I wanted to Please. know if you celebrated in your own special way. I know Ron Funch just got you a cake, but have you had, a, have you taken a moment to yourself to like really just kind of like revel in it? Is there any cake left? <laughs> no, I only had a bite actually okay. just for the picture. Ron had the rest. <laughs> no, he didn't. We just couldn't. Yeah, no, neither one of us eat cake. So, right. Okay. But, uh, no, um, not really, you know. People like saying, "Oh, we gotta have a celebration party." I've never been that really. Like, you know, like if somebody throws a birthday party for me, that's crazy to me. Like that, people are fussing over me, or like it just seems. Mark that weird. down, Denise, for next uh, birthday. No birthday party yeah. <laughs> or yeah, birthday party. It's not my, you know, <laughs> no, surprise party. Surprise, surprise party. party. Even more, that's worse. So I don't like. I don't know. 
I'm just I'm I celebrated in my in my head, you know, and my children are gonna come see me inducted, and that's really cool. That's amazing. Yeah. Is Lula yeah. coming? Huh? Is Lula coming? Of course, coming? Lou's coming. <laughs> She'll be on stage. Come on, Denise. Just confirming I, that. And like so, my sister sent me a um, a. Uh, a screenshot of my son's Facebook page and like how proud he is of me and That's like awesome. you gotta understand um you know I went f- over four years without even speaking to my son or him speaking to me you know um and uh we have a really good relationship now actually my son's gonna be out here in a few days to see me it's incredible yeah it's gonna spend I'm about a week out here. Um, so I'm just, you know, this, it's not that like, okay, I don't still have things I have to do to make myself better, but like I, I've come a long way, you know, and, uh, and uh, a healthy relationship with my children is like the number one indicator of that above all else, above everything else. And, uh, um, you know, you were asking me who I talked to, who I, you know, and, and, um, you know, I called, called my, my girlfriend, you know, mentioned to her, you know, to her what was going on and, and that, but like, uh, the first people I really, you know, called and, and got on the phone and told, uh, because they were such a huge part of me ending up here as Maria and Kevin, Maria Menounos and, and Kevin Undergaro. Of course. This is their studio we're in after Buzz TV. And I wouldn't be where I'm in life right now uh, without them. So they were really like the ones I really wanted to share this with the most. I love that. Yeah. Um, I guarantee they'll be there too. Yeah. And and I I was at the very first Hall of Fame ceremony. It was as a part. It wasn't as a part of WrestleMania. It was in '94, and it was at, uh, it was a part of King of the Ring, and um, and it was uh, oh shit. Let me look it up here. I think Chief J. Strongbow, uh, Freddie Blassie, um, Bobo Brazil. Yep, Nature Boy Buddy Rogers. Buddy Rogers. Gorilla Monsoon. Gorilla. Yep. Uh, and it was really cool. It was really cool to be uh, to be there for that. So, uh, yeah. Now you'll be on that stage. Yep. All right. Let's talk about something else. <laughs> okay. All right. We're going to go ahead and move on. Uh, so we have some big news as well. So on this past Monday Night Raw, four big NXT stars debuted, including Ricochet, Aleister Black, Johnny Gargano, and Tommaso Ciampa, which this kind of came out of nowhere. It was a big yeah. surprise. Um, I wanted to know, basically, Triple H announced it at the top of, of Raw, and then throughout the show, they each had you know they each had a match. They each had a different moment. So I wanted to know what your guys' thoughts were. I, I look. If you're going, I good stuff, but like some of it, like I question, like okay, man, I 
I wouldn't have booked Alistair Black versus Elias. I just on in my head before like even watching those two, that's not like a good mix to me. Mm-hmm. To me, their styles don't mix as well as somebody else they could have put Alistair Black in there with in his debut on you know on that you know on that platform you know in front of millions of people, and it wasn't like it wasn't good, but like you know. It wasn't. We didn't need to do that with Elias. Exactly. You know, and I thought it was a way better like that idea to put him in there with Andrade than last night. You, you know, know, I kind of felt like, personally speaking, that almost like it didn't feel as special, mainly because the crowd wasn't really on there. I kind of felt like the it first came night, out of right? Me, right on Raw. Well, plus, the crowd sucked. Yeah, Lafayette yes. was garbage. They were the shits. They were not into anything. I don't. They should never go back. To yeah. And that's that sucks because like you know this was a big moment like okay so like for me personally like seeing them all in different parts there were some moments where I was kind of like oh okay like for example with with Tomasa Champa I was a little bit disappointed to kind of see him you know work as a face you know it was a little like oh well, yeah. you know, he was like literally the, the the top heel in NXT, and we know we've seen him do so much evil stuff and all of that. So it was kind of a a, a big shift for me, and I'm wondering yeah. if maybe a lot well, more fans felt this way. Yeah, I did. I didn't like get the. I felt like it was chop a light. Yeah, it was almost like um, kind of like a movie trailer. Like, hey, if you haven't been watching NXT, this is what you should be checking out yeah. every single week. And it's it's almost it was like a reset button for Gargano and Champa, which for those of us who obviously follow NXT. And let's just put this cold match out there with these debuting guys and give them a win over these guys and like so you buy them. Like I just uh, I I get the sentiment and you don't like you wanna give a big impact. It was just it just felt like here, we want you to Except these guys. and Did it feel like Vince took like a three-day vacation with the way that – because NXT was undefeated, right, for both nights? Yeah. Yeah, and that's what it just felt like. like it felt like, okay, I already know the finish going into it. They're going to win. Exactly. Yeah. Somehow. like it, Because you're not going to just debut these great guys and just have them get beat. Like So um, I think it was good. I mean, it was a better way of – introducing them them some other ways I've seen people brought up you know I kind of it feel, just felt weird right like it, for me look honestly like just speaking for myself I prefer NXT call-ups to be a surprise mm-hmm. to be out of nowhere yeah. to be one random person on a random raw yeah. in a good city with a good crowd instead of kind of like all force like hey these guys are coming and they're all coming mm-hmm. tonight I rather have that element of surprise because then that kind of keeps you on your toes as a fan like oh you know I'm gonna tune into raw this yeah. week because I don't know like I didn't expect for Tomasa Ciampa to come in next week you get me like I like the different elements I like the element of surprise um one of the things that I think that no matter what these guys I feel are going to definitely get over on the main roster just because of their ability so no matter what we're going to have that and I do think that I mean they said that they're going to have an announcement tonight on NXT I don't know what the announcement is but I'm thinking also that these guys moving on to the main roster does clear up a lot of space for some of the guys that haven't debuted yet 
on Do you NXT. think it's a full-time move? I mean, I half of them are trying to know about all no, that. No, I'm not saying yeah. that. I'm just saying that uh, either titles, way, you know? either way, it does make some room for some of the talent that hasn't debuted yet on NXT TV. So, yeah. Yeah, so well. it gives them a lot of opportunities. Now, kind of looking at the broader scope of this, I do feel like there's so much talent that, you know, on Raw now with these guys being called up, or I don't know if it's permanent or not permanent or whatever you want to say, but it's pretty cool to see where they're going to go with this. I mean, granted... I, I I would want to see Alistair Black in a different storyline, but that's just me. I I'm wondering if this is a an actual call up at all, or is it just getting more people familiar with the stars of NXT to raise the awareness of the NXT brand? Because did anyone catch the? The interview Matt Riddle did and the quotes he had about NXT being as good mm-hmm. and the po- it's possible NXT could be better than the other two brands. Did you guys see that? I didn't that? see that part. But you did, right? Yeah. And it's here's the thing. Pull that up, Mark, if you can find it. I will. NXT obviously sells out all the takeovers, and people generally love the takeovers sometimes more than the main roster pay-per-views and everything. And and who knows, with the move to Fox, there's there's always the rumor that NXT could end up on FS1, so maybe it's a gradual progression to that. Or maybe it could just be, hey, let's get more people into the network. It could be a combination. But I'm yeah. with you. I can't see them all being called up full-time because we still have people like Lacey Evans and EC3 where people are all yeah. totally confused about them. Yeah, yeah, that's the one thing is we have this debut, these debuts from – or these just uh, drawn-out debuts. I'm a fan of all of the people from NXT that have been called up for like – extendedly but the fact that it was a couple of weeks before we even saw some of those folks versus hey these people are here tonight they're all in a match and then they all win and blah blah blah. i thought it was interesting that for if they're debuting why did they still use the nxt graphics for them like the lower thirds and stuff i think that's telling as to that this is just sort of a temporary thing i agree with you sean um i have this matt riddle quote here uh that he gave tmz um he said, funny enough, I was thinking about uh, that the other day, and I, I want to get to the main roster, but then I was thinking, maybe I'm thinking about it wrong, because NXT is so hot, maybe we should stay and try to build NXT and make it bigger than Raw and SmackDown, and just be the big guy, which isn't impossible, I don't think. And uh, he continued saying, I think the big thing is Vince McMahon owns Raw and SmackDown. He owns everything. Those are his babies. He's had them forever. So I think the probability of actually taking over at that level is probably hard, but at the same time, I don't see it too too far from the future of us being on the same playing field as Raw and SmackDown. Mm-hmm. And I do believe, I, I spent a little bit of time at Fox Sports, the the way they're going to think, when they see the kind of ratings that SmackDown brings into Fox, they're going to say, oh, give us more. What else can you yeah. give us? Let's, let's Come on. Because FS1, I don't care how much money they have put into it, FS1 struggles. They do not get great ratings. And so they're going to yeah. want to put stuff on there. Yeah. So... A lot of people I know who have cable couldn't even tell you where FS1 is. Regardless of how ESPN has struggled, a lot of people still don't find FS1 unless they're a fan of Colin Cowherd. It's like buried, and and even on the on the guide, it's usually buried in between some other regional sports channels. Like yeah, unless you're a massive fan of say Colin Cowherd or Skip Bayless, which not many people are fans of Skip, but you're not going to tune in to FS1 just to get your sports news. Sports Center still has that. You know, if you have cable. So I think they're going to be opening their arms like, hey, get, what what can you give us? And NXT may end up on FS1. I mean, come on, and, and let's think about this, too. Think about who's behind, uh, you know, um, NXT. Who who are the, like, 
the decision makers who who's, who who are guiding a lot of that stuff. Shawn Michaels. I mean, come on, Hunter. Yep. You know, uh, give me those guys any day on my on my team and and the talent they have there, and I'll put that up against SmackDown Raw any yeah. day of the week. Put us all on the same level playing field. And look at their team. You got Sarah Del Rey. You got Matt Bloom. You got Scotty Too Hotty. I mean, <laughs> that's a great squad to learn from. You yeah. know, so they know what they're doing. Yeah. All right. Well, moving oh, on. So, wait, wait. So Ricochet. Who did Ricochet work with on, uh, on uh, Raw? Finn. He tagged. He teamed up with Finn Balor against Bobby Lashley yeah. and Leo Rush. Yeah. And and what a great Ooh. showing for Ricochet. Yes, it was. Yeah. Great. For sure. Right. Well, he's one of those guys that like you. You put him in there, no matter what, he's gonna shine bright yeah. automatically. And like even with that, like let's say the casual fan. Let's just say mom and dad. They're not big wrestling fans, but hey, let's take the kids out to a Monday Night Raw. They're in town. They see a guy like Ricochet. They don't need to know a storyline. They literally just see him in the ring, and that's the sort of thing yeah. that attracts, you know, that type of viewer. So I feel like within that, mm-hmm. like, just given with that, it's it's a yeah. bonus. Yeah. yeah. I think plus seeing Finn and Ricochet together, two guys that five years ago you never necessarily would have thought they would be in WWE, uh, it's a beautiful thing to see them work together as well. And then, you know, mm-hmm. Lashley and Leo having their issues, that worked out really well. Yeah. Right. Um, we're kind of jumping around here because, I mean. It's okay. It's your show. Uh, you know, some, like, you're bringing up Lashley and Leo made me think about eh, what the hell were they doing like you know I like the match they had at chamber. Elimination Chamber um, but geez did anyone not see that like Leo Rush getting pinned for the title a mile and a half away that's the only thing about that and then you know why even bother like choke slamming him or whatever the hell he did to Leo afterwards if you're just going to show up with him the next day I don't understand that I can't be the only one complaining. Like for me, that, I mean, that's that's I, like. Huh? I know we're gonna get into it later, but I might as well just mention it now. For me, it was just the whole stipulation of the match. Like, why would you put Bobby Lashley in a handicap match when he is the guy with the whole advantage? I mean, right. look at him; he's a powerhouse. You know, it. You know, it. It just didn't make sense to me, and I also you think know, that it makes sense when you're trying to protect. Yeah. Lashley from getting beat, but you want to get the belt off him. But but still, I just, you know, I think people see through that. A lot of telegraph in there. It yeah. just makes you forget also what an incredible talent Leo Rush is and what an incredible mm-hmm. talent they have with him because yeah. in this position, you're sort of just seeing him as a sidekick, as a manager. You know, you want to see him too as his own respective athlete. Mm-hmm. All right, well, moving on, we'll go ahead and talk about Ty Dillinger. Ty Dillinger has requested his release from WWE. He posted a message on Twitter and on Instagram saying, I requested my release from WWE. In the past five and a half years with them, I have seen and done some wonderful things. He then went on to say that he has uh, worked with great talent. He thanked everybody that this Mm -hmm. was a very difficult decision for him, but that he wants to show himself as a performer a little bit more of himself. And he basically just said thank you. Understandable. He has a lot to offer. I I don't think like it's going to be any like I don't think he's going to show up anywhere necessarily immediately move the needle, you know. Mm-hmm. But I could be wrong about that too. Well, you know, and t- yeah. And, and that but uh but the, he's just got so much offer and and he does have the support of a lot of the fans, right? Like I mean, I see that. 
You know? He was hot for a minute, yeah. you know, when he got called up, you know, you know, people were interested yeah. in him and he was he was hot for for a while actually and then just kind of out of nowhere it just kind of went it you know? went it went downhill and then he was out with a hand injury since October 2018. He recently came back for a smackdown on February 9th. So th- that's a pretty big yeah. gap. Yeah. And I I was mentioning before we started recording. Uh you know, certain people that want out oh, that are going to want their release, I, I think it is in the best interest of the company to let them go. Uh, I mean, you, you do not want, uh, you know, even one, even one person that's not content, that's unhappy, it can really uh, taint the water supply. Poison the well, if you if you know what I mean, mm-hmm. you know, and uh, and not even mean to do it. And I've been I've been that person at times. Like you know, you're you're, you're unhappy, and and it spreads. It's kind of contagious. So uh, you know, if they can't come up with something and they just don't see anything in the cards for you know certain people, I think it's it's in their best interest to probably let them go. And the but timing you, is interesting because we are, we're, I think we're very much approaching, what, 90 days before Double or Nothing. There's the whole 90-day no-compete clause, but uh, I don't know if that has anything to do with it, but the timing is... I just think, though, that perception is obviously Mm -hmm. so important. And, you know, people have talked about this. If, you know, people, if like networks or something are seeing that X amount of people want to leave the company, you know, that's going to start raising some red flags. They're going to start raising some question marks, you know, so... I don't know. Like, do they just let pe- the people that ask for their releases to go, or That's do they try case, to make it work? Or- case by case. If, like I was just saying, if they, if if they just don't, if the decision makers just don't see, you know, them figuring in, like I think it's in their best interest to let them go. But like, you know, the people that they can make happy, that they can. For example, creatively satisfy. Yeah. Holy shit, loose Norm. Like She's a really stu- <laughs> so, for example, like the revival. <laughs> if the rumors were true, the revival wanted out. Well, now they're tag champs. Yeah. If the rumors about the Usos maybe leaving are true, well, guess what? Now they're yeah. champions again too. So, I guess, yeah. it, like you said, case by case, depending on how uh, valuable yeah. they feel the people are. Sure. You know. All right. And one of the things we also wanted to talk about was after the Elimination Chamber, Mark Henry's documentary, The World's Strongest Man, aired on the WWE Network. Sean, what did you think about it? Did you watch it? I didn't get to watch it. I uh, well, I, as, as a as a big Mark Henry fan, um, as a human being, uh, uh, and and as as a performer and a colleague, um, it was it was such a good job. Yeah, they did. They did, I mean, good isn't even like it was. What a great job they did on that. The WWE's production. For all of their documentaries, their three six fives, their twenty, their twenty four sevens, all of it has been dynamite. And this one, yeah. I feel like they nailed and knocked right out of the park. What an right. amazing story of an of an amazing man. Yeah. And, and no, you were blown away by the fact he went back to the world's strongest man and became that once again after like a six or seven year layoff. And, and the, the fact that we didn't necessarily get to see any of that work, any of that struggle, we didn't know what Mark was going through at the time, and they. Having Mark tell the story and not having like like they have with previous uh, things, have somebody like Bill Shatner like at this time Mark then blah 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 and whatever. But having Mark tell his own story on top of it w- and his friends like uh, Big Show and D'Lo was such a gift. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. I'm honored to 
uh, worked with Mark and, you know, um, call a friend. And, you know, back in, and he discusses in, in, in the documentary about his early struggles with the locker room and coming in and not, you know, really, you know, coming in at a time when no one was getting guaranteed money at all. And then we find out, oh, this guy gets a seven-figure, 10-year guaranteed contract. You know, that puts a bullseye on on, on somebody's back, right? Sure. So, yeah. Um, so a lot of people, they just didn't, like, they didn't want to work with them. You know, they complained, you know, and and that, oh, my God, Lewis, Lula. <laughs> I call her Lu- Lewis sometimes, but she's sitting here snoring, and it's just a We'll wake her up after the break, yes. Uh, (laughs) What was I saying? About Mark, you know, not being welcomed with open arms. Yeah, and, and, you know, you go, guys would go out there miserable, like, having to work with him, and I loved working with Mark Henry. I knew, because, like, I knew how to work with guys. Like, you look at somebody and you go, okay, he's good at this. This isn't his strong suit. So we don't try that with him, you know? And and the same could be said for me. There's things I'm good at, things I'm not good at. And I just don't do the things I'm not good at. So, you know, that's what wrestling is all about is, you know, you take each other and you shine the, the things about them that are, you know, we're shining and you protect and, and you cover up the things, <laughs> the weaknesses and the chinks in the armor. So, uh I look. There's a okay. My I was talking to Mark at last last TV's here, and we were talking about a lot of things and how much we love working with each other. And uh, Kane and I work with Mark and Delo on uh, on the Over the Edge um, pay per view that Owen passed away on, and the match doesn't get talked about at all because it was on that show, and you know, so the only thing people think about on that show is you know, Owen's passing. So. Uh, but we had a great match, and um, you know I had different matches with Mark. But um, uh, w- my favorite was a, a handicap match that that China and, and myself versus Mark Henry. And, and Hunter was outside, and then eventually, like D'Lo came out, and uh, it, I suggest everyone watch it because then me and the people were going off, and it was a really good match. It was my, honestly, it was my favorite, favorite uh, match with Mark. And his longevity's been absolutely incredible, too. Yeah. And now he's an ambassador, does tons of Special Olympics. I mean, hard of gold. Yeah, yeah and he, um, you know, he has a new job around there. And it's kind of like a locker room enforcer. But that's not like, I think what people might think that the wrong way, but there's, um, you know, he mentioned that, okay, there was a situation where, you know, someone didn't want to clean up after themselves in the locker room. And it's just like, you know, come on. You know, um, it's not that hard to pick up after yourself. You don't need to be a fucking slob mm-hmm. in the locker room. So um, have a little pride. And so, you know, the next time you come... And sometimes you're using other people's locker room, like team, like sports teams' locker rooms, and like you leave their shit a mess, and you know. So I mean, I get it, I understand that, and and uh, um, I'm happy for Mark, and it's great to have Mark around 
the, uh, you know, up and coming talent, the younger guys. For sure. Uh, and hey, let's take a break real quick, and we'll come back. And I want to keep. I want to continue to talk about the NXT call the call ups, okay. and you know, and what I noticed, what stood out to me, big time, uh, on the SmackDown show concerning them. Okay, All right? we'll we're get into a, the chamber as well. Yeah, we're gonna take a break right now. We'll be right back. We're back, and. Uh, we took a break. I don't even know why we took one. No one went. No one took a piss. No one <laughs> went powder their nose. Basic housekeeping. <laughs> yeah, Lulu's mm. still sleeping. Not She's much not has snoring changed. anymore. I went over there and kicked her in the side. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just kidding. Somebody's probably going crazy right now, thinking I actually How did could that. You? <laughs> <laughs> uh, um, oh my god! I used to have a, one girlfriend that I would snore. I had been a, a bad snorer all my life. Well, not all my life, a lot of my adult life. And one of the girlfriends used to plug my nose in the middle of the night while I was sleeping. Or, That's healthy. Or just, you know, I don't know squirt me with water. Just <laughs> Like you're a cat? You know, like there was, you know what? Um, I tell you, like the thing that really upset me was when I would wake up and, you know, she'd be in, sleeping in the other room. Like, I don't know. That so one, was that bad? <laughs> yeah. But now I'm like, you know, I just as soon sleep by myself, to be honest with you. Like, hey, I don't know why I got off on that tangent. So it's hey, all about snoring, uh, right? Breathe right, no strips. We're yeah. willing to take mm-hmm. you on as a sponsor if you're interested. Holler at us. <clears throat> there you go. So, yeah. Uh, so before we took that quick little break there, um, I was going to. You were going to talk about SmackDown. Yeah. And the the, the NXT call-ups. Like, because. Uh, Alistair Black had Andrade the next night on SmackDown, which was an opponent. He had great matches with in NXT, so it was a really, really good matchup. And they, you know, they were able to work that style. They worked NXT <clears throat> and other guys, you know, coming out there and working. How look? What I'm trying to say is. It was like you could tell there was this big difference to me in the feel of those matches and those guys with this cutting edge style with different ways of going into things. <laughs> Shit, I just dropped my cold brew on the floor. That's strong glass. Didn't right. even break. Um, Shout out to Starbucks. God damn it. No, Lula woke Lula up. Uh, what was I saying? Okay. You were okay, talking so about the, the differences. Yeah. yeah. Um, and and just the way they go into things and 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 then you go and you see the other guys on the roster that are just working that same kind of you know same routines same way of shooting guys in it's kind of it felt all of a sudden really antiquated looking compared to the shit I saw from the NXT guys so what do you do what should change i think some of the other guys on the roster maybe need to step up and you know update their game but do you think like that when you go out there and you're doing it that's essentially enough to keep you on the main roster essentially like how i don't know when we just get comfortable in our routines exactly you know and uh and that's how it worked before you could see every you know like every like wrestling from around the world and all the promotions and everyone has something online you can see and you know um 
back, you know, many years ago, like you could do these routines and, and they weren't routines to the fans, you know, because they didn't see them as much. Right. So, um, yeah, I just think that we get comfortable, you know, and and so it's time to shake things up a little bit, I think. That's probably what they're doing. Doesn't it appear to have a bit of a logjam of talent on the main roster already? And then you bring up uh, these four individuals who are all really good. Yeah. Maybe it's a bit of a wake-up call for anyone who's on the main roster. It should be. And yeah. I think it is. And I think some people are seeing it that way. All, like Because I've read that while there's not like resentment, there are a lot of, hey, what's going on here? And is our spot safe? And you don't have a spot. Like your spot is like is as long as you're like performing and like it's not like you're entitled to this spot and it's your spot from now on. Like you can lose that shit in in a day. I really, as we've seen that. Sorry, yeah, Mark. I know it's fine. I really like that theory, Sean, because we we hear it every time a takeover happens at a major pay per view is that it puts everybody on their toes for the main roster show the very next day. What if it's taking that concept and bringing it to TV, where at any second, you know what, we're going to bring some folks from NXT and show them off on this show, so everybody better step up. Yeah. Well, two things. Sean, on this show, you have mentioned prior that I, 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 I forgot who our guest was at that moment, but you said that you have to basically stand, do a lot to stand out because there's so many people out there that can do incredible things. Yes. So when you have so many incredible things, how do you stand out? And I feel like maybe that's something that is kind of hitting base mm -hmm. here. Yeah. I, and, and it's not necessarily. Denise, it's not necessarily like I've said this before. Unless you're Ricochet, you're not like or or a couple of guys like that. You're not going to be the best at what you do. Like technically, like you're not going to be the best flyer. You know, so it's the in between the moves stuff. You know that. I mean, all your shit has to be on point. Like your moves and everything has to be executed good, well and. And all that, you know, but that's not what's going to make you stand out unless you're a ricochet or somebody at that level. Otherwise, it's the in-between showbiz stuff that you do. And, uh, yeah, and I think guys are just going to have to figure out those types of ways to stand out. Do you think because they were only six weeks from WrestleMania, is there a shot of, like, say, these four individuals not only being on TakeOver but also being on the WrestleMania card? Absolutely. Yeah? Okay. Yeah. Why not? They deserve it. They've been, been putting on incredible matches. So, yeah. I mean, that makes sense. Maybe there's going to be an NXT feature match at WrestleMania. There was a rumor that the 205 Live match, featured match, was going to be a ladder match. But since the ladder match for the North American Championship was so bonkers and dynamite last year, maybe they put something like that on WrestleMania proper. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. All right. Very interesting. Do you want to move on to Elimination Chamber now? Yeah, sure. Unless, you, unless there's something else I, you know, no, I'm I missing. Think we, the rest of it ties into Elimination Chamber, right. I think. Uh, but we can go ahead and kick it off with the opening match, which was the Women's Chamber match for the tag team titles for the women. Um, what were your thoughts on that? If I told you, I, w I, would be, I wouldn't be very, be very genuine because I didn't really... Um, I, I didn't really... I saw it, but I don't... Nothing really stood out to me, except for the actual winning of the tag title. And not that it wasn't a great match, but um, 
you know, I don't get to see every second of every show. Like, and I'm pretty sure everyone knows that that follows this show. Yeah, none of us do. It's hard. Yeah. yeah. So um, I caught the ending of the match, you know, leading into them winning, and that was very compelling. And I was extremely happy for them. And I'm assuming the rest of the match was really good too. It was. It was for, for me personally. I'm being honest. It was okay. I think the women really? have had a lot more better matches wow. in terms of like their Rumble match, in terms of their, uh, you know, in, in terms of the Money in the Bank matches. I kind of felt that this. I'm not a fan of tag team elimination chambers because I feel at some point it gets yeah. too cluttered. By the time the Iconics got in, it was just so much going yes. on. There was a lot of unfortunate, like, missed moments. It's starting to come back to me now, Denise, as you're mentioning this. There you go. Yeah. So I just kind of felt there, there wasn't was a, anything. There's a re- Sorry to interrupt no, no, you, no, but there's fine. a reason. Once Jesus again. Christ, I almost <laughs> knocked it over again. The cold brew's hopping. <laughs> It's the second one, so there's a little jittery here. Um, oh, shit. What was I so saying? So the moments, okay, see, I see your point. I think all the teams had great, I think the Iconics were so fantastic. But, yeah, it gets a little muddled, but I think considering the circumstances, they all handled it really well, I thought. I just kind of felt know. it was just move after move yeah. after move. Yeah. It didn't really get hot until Naomi and Carmella came in. Yeah. And then after that, there was a, there was a few moments. I do, I do have to say that the Iconics did, sh- I think, shine uh, really bright in this match besides Naomi and Carmella. I will say that. But it, it just kind of it didn't really captivate me where you're like, oh, man, this is so great. And I yes. felt that for this is not a knock on the women because I felt that for plenty of their other matches. This it, one just didn't work for it's me. It's just like. Coming out of the box, like out of the starting box, it did, like, that's why I didn't, like, that's why I kind of lost interest because, it, like, the early part of the match was just kind of, it didn't, like, there, you got, okay, there are certain parts of the matches that you have to nail and they have to be, like, the beginning of the match to get the people into it. Like, you got to nail the beginning and the end. A hundred percent, you got to nail that shit. Like, yeah, everything in in between is important too. But like, you know, you gotta like coming out coming out of the gate, you gotta you gotta get on base. You know, you gotta hit a, a single, a double at least. You know, and uh, using baseball, almost kind of going back to the Royal Rumble when Lacey Evans kicked things off. Exactly. Yeah. You know exactly, and it's such so unfortunate for her. Yeah. You know, because that's what people are remembering. Like, and, you know, she'll get through that. But, uh, anyways, I don't want to digress. But yeah, Bailey and Sasha, new champions, and, you know, definitely a historic way to crown the first tag team champions. And the crowd was into it the entire time. I think it was just one of those those matches where it was different for the people watching at home and for the people live, because the people live were hot for this match the whole time. And, you know, they had Anaya do that spot where she runs through the, through the, uh, what do you call it, the plastic, the doors or whatever you want. I'm not really sure what they're called, the the door part. The pod. Not the pod, the like, well, there you go. The glass. The glass or whatever. Yeah. Specifically the glass. So Whatever when she hockey goes do. through that, she had the yeah. moment that you know you have your Braun Strowman's do, and everybody loved that. So that was fine. Uh, but yeah, there you go, Sasha and Bailey champs. Mm-hmm. And um, all right, so I thought when I saw the tag belts, by the way, I had seen because I saw a tweet from from Shane Helms a few months back. I think it was that showed like a picture of women's tag titles, and they didn't look like that. I don't think. And I and I thought they looked bad, like. 
They look great, I thought. Those are mine. Like, yeah. yeah, but I thought I saw I saw I thought I saw a different design for them. Okay. I don't know. I'm uh, maybe I'm imagining it. And we already <laughs> talked about, you know, the whole Lashley Finn Balor yeah, Leo Rush. Because it was thing. a really good match. Yeah. It was a really good match, I thought. I really did. And I um you know, and the people liked it, and they st- and they still, you know, reacted well. Like, and and it was a good feel good moment, and winning the title. It's just like I just saw, you know, saw it coming. Yeah, Stevie Wonder saw that shit coming. <laughs> That's um, an old joke. I appreciate in- you laughing. He's a very intuitive guy. <laughs> Uh, one of the other things that we want to talk about is Ruby Riot versus Ronda Rousey. Not necessarily, well, mainly because more of the thoughts that came out of this match, a few people on Twitter were pretty so, angry about this. So I, um, you know, they had the introductions, and I walked into the kitchen, and I walked back out, and it was over. Yep. This was really a So two, I didn't see any of it. Yeah, this was honestly a two-night match, because they had... The rematch on Monday and Ruby really got to shine, but then a lot of people were saying, well, she just got destroyed. Why would she get a rematch after losing? And to that logic, you're correct. Uh, but I don't know. I mean, to me, it's it's tough because you want Ronda to be dominant going into WrestleMania. But, wow, that match was, what, one minute and 40 Yeah, but, okay. Seconds. Uh, yeah, and I get it. And, and that um, we're not – we don't know exactly why. That match went down long. It could be where they just want to get Ronda over strong. Sure. Um, but uh, it also could be budgeting, you know, time-wise. And who, who knows? But, you know, and, and it's something they do a lot is to give a, you know, give a rematch from the night before pay-per-view. You know, they do that a lot. I've had, I don't know how many times. Like, I've had a match on... On the pay per view, and then worked with the same person or the same team the next night on Raw. Mm-hmm. You know, and if, you know, if we did the job the night before, we'd get it back on Raw, and it would be like, okay, I'd rather win on TV than on, on a pay per view. More people see the win or loss on, on, on Raw. So um, that happens a lot. But so this rematch, um, the least you got to see what they could do. You know, did you like it? Loved it. I I liked it. I liked it. I just feel like more when it comes to the Elimination Chamber, I know a lot of people were angry, but truthfully, I thought that the way the match happened was how it should have happened. Yeah. Because granted, you know, Ruby Riot, she's great and whatnot, but this was about Ronda Rousey. Exactly. You have Charlotte sitting out there. Ronda Rousey's a heel, so she's going to obviously be, you know, she's going to come out and she's going to essentially kill her. And that's what it should be because she's going into Into WrestleMania. the main event of WrestleMania. And that segment... and look, that Ruby Riot's job, Elimination Chamber, was to get Ronda over strong. Bottom line. And she did her job. So sorry if anyone didn't like that. Yeah. And then when Becky came out, the whole segment to me just proved even further this is without a doubt the main event of WrestleMania. She oh. went ham on those crutches wow. on both of them. And this segment, the crowd was electric. For yeah. anyone still trying to tell me, oh, no, it's going to be Brock and Rollins or something. Else. No. Prove mm-hmm. me wrong. These women should be in the main event. There's yep. no yeah. question. Yeah. Well, you. Oh, so speaking about the post-match, basically Be- Becky Lynch came out in her crutches. She came from the crowd. She went. She got into the ring. And then basically uh, Charlotte didn't expect it. And 
Becky hit her with the crutches. After she attacked her, she had the stare down with Rhonda where it was kind of like, are you going to join me and you're also going to attack Charlotte? What are you going to do here? Rhonda makes the mistake of turning her back and giving her back to Becky Lynch where Becky Lynch gets her with the crutches. And Perfect. There you go. Beautiful. Perfect. And, okay, anyone that's like, oh, when she hit her from behind, that's how you do it in 2019. That's how a baby face does it in 2019. Back jumping, baby. It's mania season. Yeah. So, um, uh, yeah, no, it was just so good to watch. Yeah. And, um, look, yes, it was rough. And, you know, those those women, they got the shit beat out of them with that fucking crutch. Charlotte's okay? body blew everywhere. Yeah. And I seen the marks and, and all that on, on their bodies. And, you know... Um, some people will be like, oh, you know, we, you know, they want to. This is the thing, okay? If it was guys out there doing that, no one would be going, oh my god, oh my god. These women can fucking handle it just as much as we can, okay, everybody? They're fucking pound for pound tougher than we are, as a matter of fact. Oh yeah. Okay, so like, let's not f- get too up in arms. Oh, like women, you know? Oh, the poor women. Fuck that. And They're you, badass bitches. Uh, and they, yeah. and the, yeah, and I don't mean bitches in a bad way. I mean, no. but what you're saying is those three women, they're not going to do anything to be taken out of this main event. And if that means getting the hell beat out of them with crutches, so be it. They're going to make yes. sure they're in that main event. Yes. I did like Becky Lynch's uh, follow up tweet. She just wrote at Vince McMahon, and then she just put a little gif of her saying, screw you. That was pretty fun that she did that right after her match. Yeah. Wow. Had that one ready, huh? <laughs> she did. There you go. <laughs> All right. And moving on to, obviously, the hottest match of the night, for, I would say, and definitely one of the hottest moments that we've had in quite a long time on a WWE pay-per-view, which was the Men's Elimination Chamber. And obviously, the final two, Daniel Bryan and Kofi Kingston, which literally had the crowd on fire. They were the last two guys. They basically went back and forth with yeah. some kicks. They had a great moment on top of the pod. They were aggressive. It was exciting. Quite a few people thought Kofi was going to come out champion. Thoughts? Why not? Yeah, why not? Um, I. It would have been just fine. It would have, and I said this uh, watching it. I'm like, I, I'm, I'd be happy with a Kofi King, Kofi Kingston title win right now, leading into WrestleMania. For sure, uh, I would. Uh, I would love to see. You know, I'd like to, I'd like to see Kofi win that thing. Well, he's you know, going to run with it. get his match at Fastlane. That is yeah. the main event of Fastlane, or at least one of the title matches. Yeah. But yeah, a lot of people had those suspend disbelief moments, like yeah. that you don't often get, and they were so into it. And yeah, I mean, a lot of people are calling for that to be Daniel Bryan Kofi at WrestleMania. Who knows? Considering it's going to be at Fastlane. Um, what do you th- do? You think it's going to happen? I doubt it. Honestly, but. well, first of all, for me, like I, I've said this a million times, I'm a fan of a person that has the belt for a really long time. So I don't want to see Daniel Bryan lose the belt just yet because he can still do so much for it, so and he has good. a hot thing going with it right now. Yep. Uh, but why not give Kofi that opportunity? I don't, I don't want that match at Fastlane. I want it at WrestleMania. Me too. That's why I'm Who made else it for fa- do we want for Daniel uh, Bryan? Who I else? Think, Name I, me a person. I think, I think maybe Mustafa Ali is. Is what is how that might have ended Here, up. Here's the problem with that, though. If you put Mustafa Ali in the main event or the title match at WrestleMania of Daniel Bryan, you're going to risk the fans turning on him just because he's not Kofi. It's almost like the Royal Rumble no, thing. No, this was 
But I think that was the plan. Oh, oh, sure. The initial, oh, initial yeah. plan. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. But speaking of people keeping their spots, we've mentioned this. Like, for example, it was originally last year we all thought it was going to be Char- Charlotte versus Ronda. Then Becky basically made herself into something, and yes. now she's in there. And I think this is kind of a moment with Kofi Kingston where he made himself something. The fans reacted. Yeah. They liked what they saw, and now they're behind it. So now yeah. you got to do something about that. You have to. I and think, I, think they're, I think they know that. So we'll see what happens. I, I think it's up to the fans over the next couple of weeks to really show Kofi as much support as possible. Because, yeah, they're going to fight at Fastlane, but it's no guarantee it's going to happen at Mania, though. I almost wish that there was no pay-per-view coming up until WrestleMania. Yes. Oh, yeah, I hate Like, Fastlane. if it was, like, yeah. Royal Rumble, Is there another to one, too? Yeah, it, there's one more. There's Fastlane. It's there, not necessary. No, no, no. Is there another one after Fastlane? No. There's no. not another brand pay-per-view? Mm-mm. Oh, good. No, because remember they did the cut-down? <laughs> I, I don't know, but the point is, I just really would like to see it carry on all the way until WrestleMania. Mm-hmm. I'm with you. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Well, I'll, I'll call him and let him know. Yeah. <laughs> Hashtag Kofi Mania. Yeah. There you go. And that right. pretty much covers uh, Elimination Chamber. All right. What else? What do you want to talk about? Anything? We done here? That's it. The That's fuck? all we got. I think we're done, Hall of Famer. <laughs> I think <Nice>. we're ready. <laughs> cool. All right. Well. Uh, Did you want to talk about StarCast? Uh, we can talk about that next week. Okay, I we'll think. talk about that next You'll week. You'll be yeah. there. Yeah. So, hey, he'll be there. Get ready. So, and Start we'll guys. have a guest next week. I just, you know, um, I don't know. There's just, there seems like there's always tons to talk about, you know. And, and you know, I know people like guests, too. And, um, I mean, I'm going to be honest with you, everyone. Um, sometimes I have really good guests on here. Uh, and... Don't do the numbers we do uh, when I just talk about a f- recap of pay-per-view or or some other like subject that's you know relevant or topical or whatever. Uh, so it's really weird. So like I never, I'm never, it, you know, that's why you never know. Like Jesus Christ, <laughs> three times, three times I three knocked times. over my cold brew. Oh, well, it's because sakes. people want to know what you yeah. think. If you thought the same way they did, if maybe yeah. you had a different opinion, and people like to know. No. I know I personally like when my favorite podcast host has the same thoughts that I do because oh, I'm like, oh, yeah. we thought the same. That's mm. great, and, and I be, think people like that. And to be honest, as someone who really enjoys going through wrestling matches with professionals, going through a match with you and hearing your thought process is unlike any other. And so I think people really enjoy hearing that too. Cool. The psychology. Well, of it. I'm happy to give it to them. Absolutely. And, you know. Um, and I'm grateful, everyone uh, that tunes in. And I, you know, like I see numbers getting stronger, and you know, people tune into the the YouTube page and watching us on there. And I see that, and uh, I'm grateful for all that too. Um, so, all right, well, let's get out of here. Okay. Social media before we go? Yeah, let's do all that. All right, so for the show, don't forget to follow us at xpoc12360show on Twitter. On Instagram, we're at xpoc12360, so make sure to follow us on there for news, updates, and little fun tidbits that we post up, so make sure to check that out. And then for myself, you can check me out at underscore Denise Salcedo, Instagram and Twitter, youtube.com slash Denise Salcedo. I'm at Jay Quasto. Uh, this Saturday, I'll be calling the uh, Blackcraft Wrestling Destiny Wrestling co-branded pay-per-view in Toronto. You can watch it live on Fight TV, and then Sunday, Championship Wrestling from Hollywood uh, television tapings and on tour with Rikishi um, March 16, nice. 17, 26, 31st, San Francisco, Sacramento, Brea, California, and Nashville so far. Might be doing something Mania weekend. We'll see. All right. Hey, Marcus. 
Yes, sir. Tell me what you got going on, social media, what the projects you got coming up. Well, right now, uh, I'm focusing heavily on my uh, Twitch channel wrestling show, The Wrestling Professionals, which I do with former contributor of the show, uh, Bill Hanstock. Nice. And, uh, professional wrestler, Brandon Taylor, who wrestles right now as Robert Baines. Um, I actually just shot a, uh, a short film uh, for Robert Baines for Alpha Omega Wrestling uh, that is a, sort of a an attack on the Baines compound, and it's like a mini horror movie. It was, right. it was a lot of fun. We shot that in the desert over the weekend. Oh, boy. Cool. Oh, boy. But I've got a lot of projects relating to uh, wrestling, theme parks, animation, all sorts of stuff. And you can find me on Twitter at Mark Bidonica or for the wrestling stuff specifically on Twitter at The WrestlePros. Hey, Mark. <laughs> yes, sir. So, um, you know, every every week when we're do, doing these, you know, at the end here, you need to tell everyone, that, you know. Share everyone what you got going on, just like we do, because I mean, you do a lot of great work around here, and, and like sometimes, we, you know, we don't even know you're there because we don't hear from you. That's part of the job, though. Yeah, but we want to hear from you. You got it, because we're very grateful for you. <laughs> Thank so, you, Sean. All right, and um, uh, you can find me at the Real Xpoc on Twitter, at Real Xpoc on Instagram, at it's Baby Lula on Instagram for Lou. Um, shit, what else? Did we already do all like the, the shows? We did. We Tweet us, hashtag so, XPOC1 yeah. to 360. We scoured right. through those. So. All right. Well, hey, we'll see everybody right here next week from the lovely AfterBuzz TV studios in North Hollywood, California. From executive producers Maria Manunos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, Sean Waltman, producers Mark B. Donica, Jimbo Frank, and the entire Xbox 12360 staff, we would like to thank you for tuning in. Like us on Facebook, rate and comment on iTunes and YouTube. Follow Xbox on Twitter at TheRealXbox and email us at xbox12360show at gmail.com. The Westwood One Podcast Network. <laughs> 